Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as always, we've got Jameson Maxwell and Ty Lee, and we are here to talk about the OU Spring Game, a game that, you know, look, first of all, let, let's not get out of hand. You know, it's just a scrimmage. Uh, you, you don't want to make too much overreactions, but also uh, I think it's very clear OU's winning the national championship this year, guys. What do you think? With with what offense? I mean, come on. That <laughs> offense it. got bailed out. All of a sudden we look up in the fourth quarter, it's a tie game, and I'm like, what? Did they just stop giving the defense points? And they did. Yeah, defense are getting PBUs and sacks. And, man, they had to legitimately do something that they do for, like, little kindergartners to help even up the score for the offense. So um, I will yeah. overreact a little bit. Yeah. The the uh, the the tampering, whatever term you want to use, it didn't stop there. We'll dive into it when we dive into – into certain players, it seemed like perhaps there was a certain quarterback who the receivers have been instructed to just drop his passes uh, to ruin his stat line to make the uh, the incumbent look a little bit better. <laughs> Dive into that as as we get into it because there was a certain guy who just there just seemed to be a lot of great passes that were just dropped, a game winning one perhaps even uh, that was stolen. So I, I love it. We're we're going full on into uh, Gabriel Gate. You know, I mean, we knew that was going to happen, Bobby. As soon as I, that first couple drives of Dylan Gabriel just doing nothing and throwing an interception, I go, "Uh oh, <laughs> this podcast is going to be really fun with Ty." Well, and then and then that Jackson Arnold like touchdown run that you know just sixty yard run that got called back. I was like, "All right, here again. we go again." Yeah, again. He got touched like twice, like legitimately grabbed one of the times. And they still fired like the gunshots in the end zone. I was like, stop. It's just, just so <laughs> sad. It's like, it was clearly, he was clearly down, but we'll, we'll get, let's, um, do we, let's, while we're talking about the offense, let's just go ahead and get into the offense then. Uh, so the red team uh, did lose to the white team 84 to 82 um, on yeah, on a last Sham second score. Uh, dropped, yeah, dropped uh, touchdown. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the offense, not not smooth looking, but I, I think you got to give the defense a little bit of credit there. Uh, also, spring games always kind of have kind of choppy bad offenses, I feel like. But um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like we saw anything revolutionary from Dylan G Gabriel yesterday. Uh, I don't think we saw really anything groundbreaking from really – Anyone? No. Andrew Anthony was not what mm -hmm. we thought he would be. I don't think. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a spring game, but uh, I, I don't know. Not a lot of flash in this one on the offense. Yeah, whenever he was Andrew Anthony was running deep, Dylan Gabriel's accuracy was just pitiful too. Dylan Gabriel did not have a good game. He had three touchdowns, but none of them he had to work for. They were all wide open throws on all three of them. So yeah. you say like, oh, three touchdowns to one interception. Like still, like I wasn't you know too happy with a veteran quarterback coming in and just needs to get his business done and leave out of the game early. So that's my thought process on that. But, you know, the defense played really well. So it's hard not to, to like, knock our offense without giving positive, you know, cred to the defense. The defense was on track for 320 points halfway through the first quarter. Paceman told me. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. <laughs> how you got this. No, I think I, I want to have a quick programming note. Uh, almost just me to to the valued viewers uh, and not to my other hosts. 
I, I want the viewers know they're screaming at their their headphones or their screens right now as they're watching or listening and going, hey, <laughs> this is exactly what they did a couple of years ago. They said, no, Spencer Rattler, he's still a quarterback one. He just didn't care about the spring game. Just, can't read into it too much, you know. And the other guy that uh, whatever his name is, Caleb, looked like he had a good game, but it's a spring game. You can't read into it that much. You can. So you can. Um, and I think there was, on a more serious note, I think – um, like we talked about, there wasn't anything necessarily groundbreaking, but I, I feel like for a spring game, uh, if you paid attention, there's actually uh, a lot to learn maybe when it when it comes to this team going forward. Um, there were I think we're kind of touching on the passing game right now. So I think one lesson I think that you can read from the spring game is uh, we're looking really solid in the tight ends realm with Stogner and with the uh, the broken hand guy who can still catch Blake touchdowns. Smith, the Texas yeah. A&M transfer. That was really Which, impressive. Yeah, Clubby. that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but I think we're looking kind of disappointing for now with just pure receivers, it seemed like. So that that kind of surprised me. Um, sort of the the number of receivers we had out there and then the, uh, the overall play of all the receivers out there was just kind of kind of surprising that that um, it wasn't better. Yeah, and I mean, we touched on it a bit last week, uh, Ty, that, you know, receivers are a point that we're a little nervous about, and it really showed to be uh, primarily on Jackson Arnold's unit. Uh, the second unit, the, the depth is just does not exist uh, in the wide receiving core. Uh, Arnold <laughs> didn't have a lot of great receivers to throw to. It, he looked a little little uh, stressed at times. I, I don't think his uh, stat line is really indicative of, of his performance, but really that's, that, that to me is where it really became evidently clear that this uh, wide receiving core is um, one, not great and two insanely, insanely thin. Yeah. I'll say this though, the slot, I feel like we've got a pretty good room there, True. you know, uh, Drake Stoops, obviously so sure handed, but Gavin Freeman looked good, looked really good. Like that dude is fast and there's reasons he was in gimmick plays last year, kind of doing end around jet sweeps and stuff like that. He got a touchdown today, uh, this weekend. He looks like he could be a legitimate guy that can contribute throughout this season. This was a guy who was a preferred walk on coming into his freshman year. Yeah, Gavin Freeman was excellent. And, you know, that one play he had um, really to put OU, or sorry, the red team in, you know, uh, scoring position for the win, that massive, just beautiful dart from uh, uh, Jackson Arnold to him was uh, really, really impressive stuff. Uh, Freeman, yeah. yeah, you're right. That was that was definitely a, a shining point there. He, I mean, he's great. I, my concern with him is I, I don't know if he's necessarily someone we can rely on as, it's like a main carry the load no. guy. I think his niche mm -mm. is those uh, sort of flashier things. And it was kind of alarming to me. This is one of the things I have in my notes is uh, how he was sort of being played as more of a carry the load kind of guy because it was just a, a reliability thing. And I'm not necessarily sure how great of a plan of action that is to have a, you know, a five, seven guy out there, regardless of his skill and everything else is, is one of your main receivers can be too difficult to get the ball to him uh, a lot of times. So it is maybe a point of concern. Obviously, you know, it's, it's great. It's great for him, but uh, I think reading into it and the team as a whole, another thing I saw that uh, was kind of alarming to me and it was being sold as a big positive for this team 
was uh, the amount of passes and I guess the pass action that the backs were getting. Um, and, and the backs were fairly reliable, I think pretty reliable actually for backs when it came to receiving play. Uh, and that was worrisome to me just how frequently we were sort of going to that. Obviously, you know, maybe different offensive scheme, but the way I was reading into it, again, maybe being a little too pessimistic and reading into it too much, but I was reading into it a little bit of the backs are going to have to carry some of that load receiving-wise as well, at least for now, um, because of, of weaknesses in, in the receiving core. So that's obviously something that could be concerning going down the line where you have you know, not necessarily the deepest backfield to begin with, with guys having to carry the load running wise, and then also maybe having to carry the load for some of the receivers as well, uh, can definitely, definitely be a concerning point for this offense. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I feel like Sawchuck did a pretty good job uh, out of the backfield, you know, receiving 40, I had what, 47 yards on a touchdown uh, on three receptions. No receiver got more than three. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll put it, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, didn't have a great game on the ground himself. He had seven rushes for because nobody yards. did. The yeah, offensive yeah. line was atrocious. Um, yeah. We have they talk about depth, Ty. I mean, like depth in offensive line showed because we are we're missing what three starters or whatever um, in this game, and our second unit offensive line. Oh my god, it was pitiful. There were no holes at all for any of the running backs. I wanted Bobby to look at Gavin Sawchuck and say, like, wow, that was a really good game. But he just didn't get anything past the, the first level of the defense. So that's why they were throwing the ball to the running back so much, because they had to get around the offensive line and try to go make <laughs> plays outside the numbers. That was the only reason I can guarantee you you saw as many of those plays tie. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean – you know, again, another point, and and not to dive too pessimistically into stuff. I do think a little positive, perhaps, um, note to put on the side. I do think running generally suffers in a spring game situation. That's one of those where it's like you do when you start to turn down the dial on aggressiveness and and on how hard they're going at people. Uh, the running game does suffer there a little bit, I'm sure, but. Yeah, it's the the line was, I think, a worrisome point. And this is going to dive. I don't know if it's the elephant in the room for everyone, but we don't want to make it the whole podcast. But that is naturally going to progress into the quarterback discussion. I mean, that's that's the linchpin of the entire offense, and we're sort of leading into into perhaps some good talking points and saying receiving core questionable. Not definitely, I think, for now, a step back from what we had last year, which is concerning but they were good last year uh backs don't really know but like we said they're very line dependent uh, and it was a spring game uh we i think we made some gains in tight end but then we go to to quarterback you know we have a quarterback who all joking aside has been known to struggle sometimes in, in pressure situations oh, yeah. and also in receivers that are not I'm trying to think of without it struggles also without a super, super quality receiver who also happens to be just completely wide open. So it is, I think there's a lot of point, points of concern on this offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need Jalil Farouk to step up this season is really what it is. You need an outside wide receiver to be a dominant force. We cannot have a wide receiver by committee. You know, you can always say like, Oh, it's next man up and all this coach speak, but in actuality, you need a force 
at wide receiver to attract the cornerbacks and bring the safeties over saying like, I am tired of this guy catching everything and burning the first level. I need to start looking at him more and it opens up so much more in the passing game. If you just have the kind of the same skill set on both sides of the field of your wide receivers, you're not going to get that. And the way that, I mean, the way our safeties played this game made our wide receivers look poor because our safeties were our best position group on the whole field. Um, so yeah, they, they were struggling, but it's really going to all put down to Jalil Farouk. Cause I don't know if there's another X wide receiver um, that's kind of got the potential that he has to be a WR one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And you know, Farouk didn't really have that leap. He, we kind of thought it would last year, but you know, um, I, th- I think he can be a big point here. I did want to mention in the comments, uh, Michael is uh, bringing up uh, Texas's Brennan Thompson. Um, didn't know if we wanted to do a full-on Cruton corner or not, but um, I think that would be a pretty solid addition to the to the roster. Apparently, he was doing like pregame radio uh, <laughs> with the franchise. So I'm saying, like, look, if you're doing radio with the with the team you're recruiting to's, uh, you know, flagship station. That's uh, that's pretty good. He was one of those things where it's like as soon as he entered in the transfer portal, it's like OU's name was immediately thrown out. And that's one of those things where it's like it was pretty much already kind of known that OU is his big-time favorite, and that's why he's thinking about coming here. And, I mean, this is a guy that we recruited also coming out of high school as well, and we were looking at him, and he ended up going to Texas. So, I mean, he has some kind of affinity to Oklahoma. Um, he's going to do is he might take another visit or so, but that's just, it's going to be one of those stunners if he were to go anywhere else. Yeah, he would be a good addition. Absolutely. Yeah, for speed, for speed. Yeah, we we would need more. You can never have enough speed um, yeah. because you know you can just put him in and for a couple. Even if he doesn't play that much, because he's going to be coming in a little bit late. He's going to be behind the curve in terms of trying to move up the depth chart. Put him in for a couple plays. You know, like you know the kind of same snap count that like LV Bunkley Shelton got last year, and just try to see if he can make a play or two. Yeah, definitely for definitely. sure. I, I think what I what I am kind of reading into on this offense is, um, again, it's sort of something that we touched on earlier, but tight end play potentially significantly improving. Obviously, you know we had we had done our pregame predictions, and I think and there's I, an argument there, Ty, about it improving or not. Um, I don't you know don't if that's. So? I, I don't. I think. I don't think. I don't think that everyone's going to agree with you on that one because. Braden Willis will be a huge loss for us. Austin Sogner is a great, great, you know, replacement. But after that, like, I, I think, I, I, I think I it's think... almost. You could, I'd say, it's not an improvement. I'd say it's maybe just the same about, or maybe even a little bit less. Mm, I, but yeah, okay. But I'll take, I'll take the same because yeah, I'll that's twist fine. it. I will twist it as I'm known to do because okay, you're taking where we were end of last season, so peak of development for Braden Willis is the start of this year for uh, Stogner and the, the club man. So um, I don't know how many touchdowns he's going to have to catch before his name is deserving of being remembered, I guess. But, Blake Smith. Um, like which is the easiest name. <laughs> it's like an auto-generated rookie in Madden or something, you know? So Blake yeah, Smith. <laughs> I think having a pair of tight ends who both are reliable receivers are – a, a tremendous add to to this offense um tight end position group as a whole I, I think maybe yeah they're both a little a little smaller maybe not the best uh blockers and, and everything else but um really i forgot i forgot where i was going 
Yeah, I think tight ends have taken a step forward just based on the spring game. Again, it is the spring game. Who knows? I, but we I, know you love Austin Stogner. You've oh, got I like remember. a special relationship. I, I remembered him. what it was. I remember what it was. I, I think maybe hopefully there's a, a situation where we can almost get a, a sort of this is a reach. I acknowledge this, but maybe a, a Mark Andrews at Baltimore situation where maybe your best receiver, maybe your your reliable receiver is your tight end. Um, and I think when it comes to being a receiver, we have a couple guys who could potentially fill that role of being much more of a almost a receiver that kind of starts on the line versus a more traditional tight end. Okay, I get that. I, and I think Stogner will be. It's a conspiracy theory, but it's I'm, I'm digging for positives to say. <laughs> I think no, I, I I think Stogner will have a really good year. I I I am with you on that, and I think his I feel like his ceiling is higher than Willis's was last year. I'll, I'll give you that. Jameson is also right though with the death being shot, and even though uh, uh, Clubby did a really good job, which by the way, I'm just saying NIL deal, Clubby Seltzers, Blake Smith. If he keeps the club, just keep it like no a, matter what. Even if his hand heals, he just keeps the club. <laughs> it, have it be the NIL version of putting the uh, Fig Newton sign on your on your windshield. You know, <laughs> I can't see a thing, but I sure do love Fig Newtons. You know what? There might be. I, God, he needs a good sport agent because I feel like no one has thought of a, a tremendous loophole. I feel like there might not be written in the rules that you can't have sponsors on a cast. I know you can't put your own sponsors on a uniform item, but I think maybe they may have forgotten cast uh, and maybe he can sell sponsorship space on his cast, which would be uh, hilarious. I just want him to ride it like in Sharpie, like clubby yeah. on it. And he's like, they're like, this is not an NIL. This is what I named my cast. His name is clubby. <laughs> he's my, he's my friend. That's yeah, how I get through the games. My friend Weird. clubby signed my cast. Can I not let my friends <laughs> sign my cast anymore? Is this what we're trying to take away from us in, in CAA? Really? National communists against athletes <laughs> trying to take away my clubby sponsorship. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, but like the over the over like winning theme of the offense is you know it did okay but there's still a lot of things for it to improve on and i think that the offense is probably going to take a step back in terms of what we were last year and when it comes down to improving this season obviously there's a lot of room to improve on the defense side of the ball and it kind of needs to be the room that might be almost better than our offense which is super weird to say in the spring game they should have scored hundreds of points, but the damn scoreboard operator was being too nice and made the game close, and it was all a conspiracy. So many points left off. I'm mad about it because um, they played so good. Like, the defense was great. Sean McCullough, freak. I don't know if he's going to start over Justin Harrington because he's still trying to figure out all the ins and outs of that position at Cheetah, but, man, he made some wow plays. Like, in him running out there – He's long. Like, he looks like a freak compared to everyone else. Oh, my God. McCullough was a, a, a huge breath of, breath of fresh air on that defense. The effort, the intensity, you know, swarming to the football like that. And, I mean, the guy is just a physical freak, you know. I, I Seeing him up close, you know, the wingspan. It, it, he looked like a, you know, for, the, for those uh, Thunder OU fans, he looked like a Sam Presti guy, you know, with the wingspan, the athleticism. He was um, – he was incredibly exciting to watch. Um, definitely uh, all of the, a, a lot of the newcomers 
thrilling. But for me, he was mm-hmm. the guy who absolutely stuck stuck out in my mind. That is exactly the type of player you need in this defense. I'm I'm thrilled to watch more of him. Uh, what a what a massive massive win in the transfer portal. Uh, I, and I don't feel like that's an overreaction because I feel like that transfers. It absolutely transfers to a real game. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's it's going to be even better once you can go full speed, once you can hit hit players and you know properly. So, yeah, having, I think having those great guys is what sets you over the edge, too, Bobby. Oh, absolutely, Ty. What are you going to say? Yeah, I, I think hopefully uh, the defense truly has taken a a step forward. Uh, I know the offense as a whole, in in terms of Oklahoma standards was not good last year, but I would take an offensive slide backwards a little bit if it meant a, a fairly significant, um, so maybe not a step forwards, but maybe yeah. an, an iteration. Uh, not expecting an, an exponential leap, but maybe an iteration forward of this defense because I think that's that's the key, really, to this Oklahoma team, and that's the something that maybe we as OU fans have to learn um, is, is we're not looking at the flashy offense dragging us through stuff anymore we're looking at at sort of building a program and a defensive focus team primarily to get us forward so that is something to to remember and i think hopefully we saw some good signs of that here in in this game i think also i think the defense did dial it back whether that was coordinated or not i i don't know not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's they, they wanted to be a good show. And I you think, think they were maybe, tanking. You think the defense started tanking? I don't, halfway think they were through? Tank, I don't think they were tanking, but I think I think maybe there was a, a deliberate decision to dial it back no. play calling and performance wise. I mm, I think there was. I think there was, but uh many people I think just you just it. you were tricked many, because the scoreboard operator tricked you in to think that they were dialing it back when actually they weren't. No, they, well they actively took points away from them too. Uh, not just didn't count it. Like they, they had more points and then they took them away and then they stopped counting. But um, yeah, I, I think in, in summary of what I'm trying to say is we will be a significantly better football team. I'm talking winning a handful more games at least with the same offense or worse offense than we had last year. If we can put a defense on the field that the opposing team has to plan for because all too often, especially with Oklahoma, the defense is constantly on the back foot reacting to and planning for the opposing offense. And when you can put a defense on the field that the offense now has to say, oh, no, like this guy's out there. We got to, you know, you hear about it with all these big stars in, in the NFL sometimes is you see a guy line up in a certain position and then the quarterback has to go, OK, we can't run this play anymore. We got to call it. If we can create that situation with with the personnel that we have, uh, particularly when you're talking about getting the flashier guys, um, that's going to be huge. And then if we can do that as a defensive unit as a whole, um, that will that will be the key to us winning a lot more games. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I fully agree. And I, I kind of want to bring in uh, some conversations about the some of the other transfers we had. Um, coming in, I thought I, I felt like uh, Rondell Bothroyd looked pretty solid, did, did some good job filling space. Um, that D line is much, much improved. Um, I have a quick note like, on him actually. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute, absolute tragedy that he transferred uh, from Wake Forest to Oklahoma because 
Rondell Bothroyd is just such a Wake Forest name. Uh, it does not fit Oklahoma at all, uh, unfortunately. So uh, with his his Wake Forest Hogwartsy name, uh, doesn't fit in on the prairie. So Jameson's we're glad to have him, though. But yeah, Jameson, you're muted. muted. Oh you're my! I, I, you know, I've never done that like in the history of Schooner Pod talking on mute, and I've held myself really, really, and like I felt very proud about that because y'all have done it many times. Bobby's done it hundreds of times. Of course, I I just have I've never done it, and that felt so weird. Oh my gosh, I I hate myself for that. You got um, got. Uh, but yeah, Rondo Bothride, that's too fancy for Oklahoma. Way too fancy. Blake Smith is Oklahoma, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. but but Bothride, Bothride is uh, is not is not like us. Yes, no, the defensive line is good as it could look in a spring game. It did. You're right, Bobby. It filled space and it created no gaps for the running attack, and it allowed our safeties to come down and make plays or make our linebackers look good. They made everyone else look good, and they got pressure on our quarterbacks. They took our quarterback outside the pocket a lot. There are a lot of times where they probably touched the quarterback, you know, but they still didn't call him down. Yeah. Our Mason Thomas was hanging out in the backfield the entire game. That's it just what like, he does. Yeah. Oh, I, I felt like Jordan Kelly, the Notre Dame transfer, was pretty solid as well. Jordan, um, Jordan Kelly is not the – that's Jacob Lacey. Ah, shoot. My bad. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. Jacob but yeah, Jacob Lacey played good. I think Jordan Kelly played good too. I mean, the guy's been here forever. Uh, I, I was I was impressed by the defensive line. Um, but you really can't do too much because you have you got to play kind of eighty percent speed whenever you're going pass rush. You know, because if you're going in full force and you hit the quarterback, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed, and it doesn't just hurt you; it hurts the offense. Um, but the best position group by far for me, the one that like. If we're talking game balls of the whole game, and this guy might not have made the most stats, but just like the eye test, this dude looked like he's going to be a problem and a really good piece for us. The safety room and Reggie Pearson looked good, like really good. I love that fire that he has. He has that nasty. He gets downhill, and he likes to blow up plays. He goes for it. He turns his head to the ball. He had a great PBU in the end zone um, on that long like five or six play fourth and goal whenever they kept giving the offense another chance <laughs> over and over like honestly really impressed with him and then we can always talk about the other new safety that we have in Peyton Bowen who got the interception looked like he is just a pure athlete turning his head to the ball in a deep route when was the last time you seen that from an OUDB it was beautiful the that Bowen interception uh, was oh so good. He absolutely worked Andrell Anthony on that. It was, oh, the instincts from a freshman, it, crazy. Yeah, I was going to say Reggie Pearson, stats actually did back it up. Again, spring game, but uh, seven tackles with one for loss. So that is a, that's a really solid stat line to be presenting. And then obviously, you know, if you're going to go and, and present a uh, an interception, uh, which was, uh, I think, maybe the actually the first – wasn't the first pass caught in the game, but uh, an interception against the starting quarterback as a uh, as a true freshman in the spring game that is a great way to to really introduce yourself to the fan base, especially with this this packed house and uh, everything else, which we didn't touch on yet. So I guess we got to leave that for the end. Did I? It's like I was just so happy just seeing like you got Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence. 
Peyton Bowen and Reggie Pearson all, all at safety. Those are four guys that even, you know, Peyton Bowen is a true freshman. I don't want to overreact too much. Like, those are four guys that I'm feeling really damn good if they were playing, you know, as the starters um, coming out of the tunnel whenever we go against Arkansas State. You know, that, yeah. that is a great, great unit. Cornerback, it makes you think, like, could Key Lawrence try to go back to cornerback again? I know there's some struggles after his one couple or two couple good games. Uh, but, you know, there's there's an opening on the other cornerback. You know, Woody Washington's going to be cornerback one. Um, Gentry Williams didn't play because um, they're kind of easing him back in from whenever he passed out. But, like, you know, safety's going to be a crowded room. You know, we've got a lot of pieces there. Um Maybe, just maybe, Key Lawrence can move over again. Because I still think Key Lawrence had a good game on Saturday as well. Yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't... Yeah, Key Lawrence was pretty solid. He was Key Lawrence, who is just a very steady, solid force, which, honestly, it's kind of wild Key Lawrence is still here. Uh, like, it feels like he's in a roster that's had so much turnover. It's, it's kind of wild to still see him, which is good. I like I like Key Lawrence a lot. Um but man, that unit is—it's crazy how night and day it is with, you know, addition. Just just adding in, you know, a, a solid vet in Pearson, adding in a five-star talent in Peyton Bowen. It's uh, it's the it's gonna get scary uh, back there. I'm I'm fully excited about this. Yeah, let me ask you guys: When is the last time that you felt this confident about an OU secondary? going into a season i wouldn't say i'm still confident in the secondary itself i still cautiously optimistic yeah but the the safeties makes me really really excited to be honest but it's hard to think really to tell you the truth i feel like last year we were kind of like feeling okay about the secondary as well and they still had their problems it's i feel like this is something that we've been talking about where it's like i think they're gonna do good and then we get to the season, there's still disappointments. Um, there's a you know a lot of returners in this in the secondary. You know, losing guys like Justin Broyles, some people think may help. You know, that was a really big leader on our team, and that's going to be a loss. But this this team's going to have a lot of good playmakers. And if Gentry Williams does you know get healthy and back in shape, and is cornerback too, talk about athletes on this defense like that dude is a pure athlete. That, that's another five-star kind of talent um, that we could have. Billy Bowman was almost a five-star. Gentry Williams used to be a five-star, but got bumped down just a little bit. You know, Peyton Bowen's five-star. Um, that's that's a lot of talent in the, in the, the DB room. Yeah. Key Lawrence you know, I mean, was a high-end four-star, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's stacked. And I, I will say, Ty, sadly, the answer to your question was uh, 2018 when I was uh, or actually, no, yeah, 2018, the first year of this podcast where I was very excited about uh, the addition of uh, uh, one Brendan, R- Brendan Buki Radley Hiles. Uh, I thought he was freshman of the year. Of the year. <laughs> and I was going to win Newton freshman of the year. I was so excited. He's like, he's going to change everything. He's going to the, 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 the secondary is going to change. We have Parnell Motley and Oh, I love Parnell. Mark, Motley was good. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Buki was going to be the thing that changed everything. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that shows my yeah, that shows my ability to evaluate talent. That's true. I was just going to say there are certainly some some interesting uh, takes throughout the history of the Schooner Pod, actually. But there's there's uh, plenty. I, the, I've uh, been wrong about a lot of things. A lot of things. 
And it would take the receipts, some digging to find some of my bad takes, but they're there. If you ever got some like hate towards me and think that I'm not doing the best, you can go and listen to some old stuff. I probably have said some bad things. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is how much I was out on Caleb Williams starting over Spencer Rattler. I, got, I think I stuck with Spencer Rattler for the longest I could. It was such a bad take. I feel like most Ugh. rational people were that way, though. Ugh. I feel like rational. I feel like, though, it's, it's also a case of you know, that short-term gratification for the long-term suffering is, is we took, we took the turn our backs on Spencer Rattler pill to get Caleb Williams. And that got us a marginally better performance throughout a season where our coach was going to leave us and take Caleb anyways. And then we ended up suffering long-term because we pushed away Rattler who would have helped us win at least two more games last year, I will say. So it's uh, yet to be seen. That's true. There's some it, people would argue with that, but I agree. I, I think Spencer Rowler obviously would help this team. Yeah. This is a sad state of affairs. <laughs> you think? I don't know how this is getting into our spring game conversation. Uh, but here think, we yeah, are. But it's, it's an important point because uh, the, the time of quarterback woes is over. Jackson Arnold, I think, firmly demonstrated that if he's not taking the job this year, you know, I'm not going to dive into into what I, I firmly believe he should. But uh, if he's not taking the job this year, I think we've seen that he has cemented a, a position here, which is important for a quarterback because then they won't bail to the portal. And I think I think we have a brighter future ahead of us at quarterback obviously you know reading into just one spring game is a, a bit of a reach but the confidence size of a true freshman i think is huge at quarterback and and a lot of other stuff in there i, I think there's a lot of positives yeah i mean absolutely and i i, I don't think he's ready just yet but i no. I, I think next year he's he's a type of guy i think could win a heisman i think he's that good I, I was very excited about Jackson Arnold. All right. Uh, very impressed the, with him. The, the, Say the Jackson way... Arnold, we have now jinxed him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I we, said we, that, we aren't I allowed said that Caleb nice Williams is going to win a Heisman, and it did happen, just in the worst way possible. The thing is, comparing Caleb Williams' spring game with Jackson Arnold's spring game, because a lot of people are going to make these kind of talking points, Caleb Williams' spring game, the way he played, which is like every play was like, wow, this kid is good. Like, really good. Jackson Arnold had plays where I said, wow, this kid is good. Like, you know, this touchdown pass to Gavin Freeman. But then he had some plays where it's like, yeah, he still has got some work to do. The pressure, obviously, was in his face because his offensive line was trash. But you can tell he still had a lot to um, fix with his pressure. There were a couple throws that I thought were a little bit errant. Um, he put in a couple of dangerous spots I didn't like. You know, got a lot of balls batted down at the offensive line. Um, there's still some things where it's like, I don't think he wowed me so much to the point where it's like, man, this guy is by far, no doubt in my mind, the, like could come in and just absolutely destroy at any time, like Caleb Williams did. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And I think that's where they're off, where they're different. I see that you see the talent, you see that, that ability, that just, you know, star vibe. Uh, it just emanates from him at times, but it's not, He's not ready. He's not. He doesn't have the polish yet. I I do think it is important to note again, spring game to spring game. Caleb Williams had a literal NFL line. Jackson Arnold definitely did not. Yes. Um, and I because I think 
I think there's only one person on that Caleb Williams line that isn't in the NFL uh, or in the draft this year. Um, and I think that person probably will be if I am remembering right. Uh, and then also I think he had some NFL receivers that he was throwing to as well. So maybe a little bit different uh, scenario there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I don't think he's – it's not a Caleb Williams spring game situation. But I, I think – I think there is not to dive into again the bits about who should be quarterback one, but I think if Gabriel is injured or has a suspension or you know who knows what and, and suspension, a, I can't even yeah, imagine. I don't, I, I don't know. Anything's possible. I would love it. I would. I would get on the Gabriel train if if he you, <laughs> you want to see that dog accosted an opposing player. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're in – we're not in a Davis Bevel situation uh, if we have to put our backup in. I Again, is he ready to be quarterback one up for debate? I, I think Bobby and I are on different sides of that debate. But in order to keep it, uh, you know, sane for the podcast, I think at a minimum uh, we are not in a bad way if we have to play uh, what is presumably as of now our backup. I'll say yeah. this. I, I saw agree. General Booty whenever they were throwing, you know, like practice balls with like the quarterbacks, they throw in like back and forth with each other, just warming up. General Booty threw one to the quarterback that was like over his head. Like, and it was just like, just like practicing on the sidelines. I go, oh, oh no, General. Oh, this is not good. Maybe the April Fool's thing should go actually be. You real. know what? It's because he's not good. It's because he's smart. He's like an AI, right? If you, if you train an AI, oh, are they you know, like though? you see it. So General Booty is sitting on the sideline and he's saying, what does Dylan Gabriel do? He overthrows, he overthrows, <laughs> he underthrows. So he goes, what gets me the start? What gets me the starting job? What do I need to do? I need to just have terrible accuracy. So then when he goes out there at practice and stuff and the coaches are watching, what does he do? He does what he sees on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just, they're giving him the wrong data set is is all that it is they need to show him someone completing passes and then he might do that yeah i i get that <laughs> that he's he's leading by example uh gabriel's leading by example in the wrong way everyone's just falling in line yeah. within just yeeting yeah. balls over everyone that's funny. general booty needs to go to the film room and they're like yeah yeah this is last week's game and he's watching sam bradford highlights there you go in college college you wouldn't know you wouldn't college, know sam bradford yeah. Hey, Sam Bradford still got that bag in the pros. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. He, he is the king of getting bags, I tell you what. Uh didn't show up to the Heisman thing, but that's fine. Or at all. He today. showed up uh, he showed Saturday. up to the Heisman Heisman ceremony thing the night before. Yeah. Um at the the, the reveal. So that was awesome. Um he's maybe just shy. Yes. I mean, he's low key. Not everyone can be OU quarterback on commercials every single commercial break that you see, like Jason White. Um, Jason White jean check, since we're talking about this, um, he was wearing jeans the spring game. They were still a little bit baggy in the foot. Um, not not nearly as bad as the infamous picture, but they still were a little bit, uh, you know, baggy down there. He was wearing the boot cuts with the with with like Nike sh- uh, shoes, I'm guessing. <laughs> pretty sure they were they were taking that little bit i don't think they were dragging on the floor but you know they were pretty close (laughs) tough look tough look um i gotta say also we we've kind of talked about a little bit i i think just looking at the new guys we've got in physically a lot of these guys just look 
so much bigger than what we had before. Even like looking at Phil Picotti, like that dude is a unit. Uh, looking at uh, PJ Adebayo, next level type of guy. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. That that was one of my biggest takeaways from all. Of Whenever you're talking about that, I did not expect you to hit me with that. These we just got some bigger guys than you guys. Phil Pachotti. I'm like, whoa, that was not the name I was waiting to hear first. <laughs> I, I knew PJ was coming, but I didn't know Phil Pachotti was going to go first. He was big, man. I was, it was wild. I was like, dude, look at Phil. It's crazy. <laughs> look at him go. Uh, but no, Adebayo, man, that's. That is a game changer. He is he is really something to see up close, man. But anyways, uh, do we want to do? Um, do we even need to do game balls? I feel like we. I, I want to give mine to Reggie Pearson because no, I'm we should we should do yeah, and I want people to know, like I'm going to be like that is going to be my favorite player on this team. I'm going to be cheering for him the most out of anyone on this team. I, I we, love the way he plays. Let's do one per side. So who's who's the uh, other side of the ball then, Jameson? Okay, um, I – how about this? Uh, I don't think this is the guy – like, I, w- I would give it to Gavin Freeman, um, but I would give it to a guy we haven't talked about yet just because I want to spice it up. And I liked Dalen Smothers the most at running back yeah. out of this whole weekend. I think he had the best run. I felt like he had the, you know, the spark where he could kind of be, you know, a change of pace guy that we could get in. I understand that Caleb Hicks was ahead of him in terms of getting the ball um, for the red team. But I like the way Dalen Smothers played, and he's coming off, you know, like a little bit of a break from f- football from injury. But before that, you know, in North Carolina, people thought this guy was special. Um, he just got stunted a little bit. I think he's got a lot of moves. I liked what he what he did. He showed me some things that um, he might get some snaps during the year. Not the best player, but I wanted to give um, some praise to him. So I'll go ahead and just give it to Dalen Smothers. Yeah, I'll do mine just real quick. I think, to me, a spring game is all about irrational hype, the guys that get you the most fired up. And to me, Peyton Bowen being at OU and seeing that just that one play, because he was good for the game overall, but that one play where that interception was just perfect. It was one of the – it was just so good to see. Really smart, sharp, competent safety play – and it just, I, I keep replaying it in my head, you know, like, you know, uh, ugh, it's just wonderful. I love it. And paid bone to me, got me the most excited on defense of, of anyone just with their play with, with that play in particular. So I'm going to give my game ball to Peyton Bowen, uh, on the offensive end, I'm going to give it to, uh, let's give it to, I'm, I'm going to give it to Gavin Sachuk. I liked what he was able to out of the backfield. Yeah. It wasn't great, but his versatility, his ability to, um, make plays out of the backfield with the receiving. I thought that was exciting. He kind of carried that over from uh, the cheese at bowl. And I, I, I don't know. I was very impressed with him. All right. Yeah. So I, I think um, I will admit originally, I was just going to go chalk with Bobby vote down, vote down the same line that he did. I will be changing one of mine. Uh, but yeah, I think my theme, I, I had a theme for how I was doing the game balls. I was going to go with introductions. So of course, had to go with Peyton Bowen uh, with that interception like we talked about during the pod a little bit earlier. Uh, what a way to introduce yourself to the fan base and say, hey, I'm here. I understand the situation has been crazy, but uh, I, I mean, I almost – this is romanticizing it way too much, right? But this this OU team is a house on fire, and that interception, having a defender come in 
and and do an interception like that in a spring game. And this is just an absurd romanticization of of what occurred. But he was the fireman coming into the house, and he's like, you know what? I'm here. I brought a I brought a hose and a truck. Um, and whatever else What's they bring. Going on? Uh, those hose. He's like, you know what? The situation, the situation is in hand. The fire department is here. Um, don't worry, I don't ma'am. Know. I don't Me know what I was going for. You, you, you thought it was gonna you thought that was gonna connect as you continued to talk. No, I knew it wasn't. No, I knew it wasn't, but I had already committed to I committed to it a, a second ago. Uh, uh, but yeah. Is it yeah, it, Look, it's a burning house. He showed up. He said, you know what? I'm here. The situation is well in hand. Uh, we're going to handle this. So that was that was a positive. Um, <clears throat> offensively, I was going to go with, with Sawchuck. It was more of an optimistic, maybe an investment. Uh, I was giving it to him because I was hoping uh, that, that he could do, you know, continue to improve upon his performance. But I don't know. It, Bobby picked Sawchuck, so I, I got to go with the – we got to default back to the character. So I'm going Jackson Arnold, QB1. He is QB1. I can I can oh, cut the, the political correctness now that we're towards the end of the pod. Ooh, don't He's politics. the QB. He's the QB1. There's no reason to have any of the other quarterbacks out there. If we're not going to put – Jackson Arnold out there behind quarterback. We might as well run the Wildcat, uh, which didn't fail last year. We can continue to dive into that argument um, again. But I, I think he could be our starter this year. I, I think if he's not, um, I don't know, might take, a, might take a, oh, you get shut out again in Red River future if we have the turnover machine oh, back there. But I can't give, me, give me Jackson Arnold. Uh QB one. I'll give him my game ball. He should have been. He should have been nine for fourteen. There was a conspiracy telling the receivers to drop his passes. Um, not the game winning one because the defense was screwed. That should have been a game winning situation to begin with. But um, yeah, I I liked I like Jackson Arnold. So turn the character off. I think I'll still give Jackson Arnold the game ball because I think for the next three years or. Maybe not this year, but the year after and the year after. I think our quarterback situation, if he remains with us, will be well in hand. So I like Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I thought Arnold was impressive, was exciting. And that, that, that even though the run didn't count, you know, also the spring game as a whole doesn't count. And that was fun. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, it's always I, I fun like having like a new shiny toy, especially at quarterback coming in. Like it's really exciting to see for the future. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So speaking of uh, new shiny things, uh, Kyler Murray got a statue uh, unveiled. What? That is just prime no, podcasting just... right there. No, that Beautiful. that was amazing. That was really good. I just when I when I see a segue like that just naturally occur, <laughs> you gotta throw it down. You gotta take it. I had to take it. Kyler's statue gets unveiled. Um. Last year with Baker's uh, looked a little wonky. Woof. Looked a little bit better when they installed it. Kyler's though, what was y'all's first reaction? How are we feeling about the uh, new Kyler statue? Yeah, first reactions on video because whenever I see it in person, it's obviously been unveiled. I guess is that the that's a replica though that yeah. they that they unveil. So the first time seeing the real statue, um, we were walking together, Bobby, 
And from a far distance, let me tell you something. This is my first impression. There's <laughs> is his little like like what towel that's in his waistband, and it's pointed kind of diagonal in his crotch area. And from afar, it does not look good. It it looks it looks a little <laughs> sus from afar. And I'm like, eee! but whenever you get close, I'm like, okay, that does not look like a wiener. And I don't know, maybe that's just because I had six hot dogs in my mouth earlier. Like maybe just before I was just thinking everything was wieners. Um, so that actually might make more sense. I need to go back with sober eyes next time, not drunk off the wiener. But I think it looks really good. It just it just looks a little awkward the way he's throwing the ball. I, I don't think it looks too like realistic um, in terms of like footwork and how you'd actually mechanically throw. He he did have that weird throw where he cocked it way back. Uh, no pun no word play intended <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um anyway it we'll talk about your hot dog eating contest in a bit all right so here's here's my take on it um ha- have you guys ever been or and i'm posing this to the listeners too um a perfect example of this is is Disney World. Um, if if anyone listening is familiar, if you're not, I encourage you to look it up. But uh, Pandora, so the Avatar World at Disney World, they have these big floating mountains, and from the way that they design them, when you're inside the park, they very much do appear to be these floating rock forms, some with falling water, and all with with uh, flora and fauna. Um, abundant on on them as is the case in the avatar worlds if you haven't seen avatar uh, we're not going to go down because i'll just continue explaining uh things but it's a it's a force perspective so it's obviously they're not floating mountains and you see that uh, a lot of good examples are at disney with making their castles look bigger in the parks and everything else and a lot of other architecture and sculptures and everything else and when i looked at this statue and you look at the one that they unveiled in sort of some of the angles that were presented uh, in the initial press releases, it's not a bad, I think it's good. I think it's a good one. I'm it, happy it's with well, it. Good. Yeah, it's, I think it's a very good one overall, but a lot of the initial presentations were like, oh, this doesn't necessarily look like him that much. But then if you look at photographs that are taken from the angle of a person, so say that five to six foot where you're catching most people, at the Heisman Park and and the perspective that they would be looking at this statue, uh, it is very, very good. There are a couple, if you look up Kyler Murray's statue uh, and you look up, if you can't go see it in person, um, even on Google Images, there's a couple like group selfies and or not selfies, but group pictures and stuff under the statue. And you see it from that perspective of someone walking through the Heisman Park or in line to go into the game or driving by on the road there. It is very, very, very good in terms of looking like him. Who knows about like throw mechanics and stuff, but I think they did a a very good job. I think they captured uh, him as a, a very dynamic player, um, and I, I think it's really good. I I don't want to say I don't know if it's the best. No, it's not the best one in, in OU's Heisman Park, but mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's top half in terms of like how well the statue represents the uh, the player. I think it's the second one, the second best one behind Billy. I don't think it's ever going to be possible. Yeah, Billy, Billy Sims. Billy Sims is the best one. I would have to go back and look at some of the older guys. Is is why I was thinking. Billy Vessels is cool because he has this like kind of old school he has helmet. The leather on. hat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that's Vessels has a nice one. I, I think the Selman Brothers is pretty solid. I, I don't know if you can really fully count that one. Um, but I, I think I think it's to me the second best one just in terms of the uniqueness of the of the pose, how it kind of in a way invokes baseball as well, just kind of given how far his arms back. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. I think it, I think I think it's a solid one. Um, and to me, I, I just recency bias, probably recency bias induced, but uh, it's it, it's the second best one to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. It was pretty good, but yeah, Baker's is the worst. We can, I think, we can agree with that. Mm. Mm. Bradford still Baker's isn't very the worst, good. actually. Bradford like looks like him though, kind of like the Baker's does not. And, and the whole thing with his headband making him look like Peyton Manning's forehead for a little bit, and then having them add the Nike swoosh on it—I don't know—it just looked a little off to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Baker's isn't very good. Uh, Apparently he wanted the Fu Manchu on it, which is pretty funny. Oh, come on. That would have been so cool. What are they doing? They dropped the ball. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty bad bag fumble there. But uh yeah, Kyler also said some things. Nothing was really interesting except for him taking a little dig at Texas AM. That was fun. Uh Britt Venables took a dig at I guess college football as a whole during his speech, which he did again. Uh it took like 30 minutes to give us that speech. Yes. It, <laughs> the long <laughs> windedness of Brent Venables is on full like appearance, you know, at the game. Yeah. Where it's like whenever everyone, all the alumni were like locked hands, he goes, oh, I'm not done yet. And everyone was like, oh. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> so it's like, a lot less fun. <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. You got uh, it. We have to mention again every time, every time we talk about Venables' long windedness, we understand the hypocrisy. Okay. So just, yeah. Just to clarify. That's fair. That's fair. I, I will say with, with with Venables though, you know, it's a lot less interesting when it's like, hey, I know things are bad, but like we'll make sure things are gonna be better, as opposed to last year where it's like, we're gonna blah 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 blah, you know, we're gonna be the best. And it was a little more uplifting, a little more, you know, exciting. Uh, it, it's a lot less uh, exciting when you're doing damage control because he went six and seven. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, um, but his comment of uh, what is it? Uh, people who are, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't think or the programs that don't think spring game attendance count uh, don't have relevant programs or something to that effect, or their programs don't matter, or it's a uh, spring game. If you think spring game attendance doesn't matter, you don't have a program that matters. Which the amount of pro the amount of people in the comments on that one uh, coming for his head, a little spicy there. Mm-hmm. I mean, good, do it. Who cares what yeah. other fans I, think? Yeah. Who cares what the comments True. think? Like, bump up, you know, the kind of pride of being an OU fan. That's what you need to do right now. Get to the roots of what makes people proud to be an OU fan. That's what he does. He doesn't care what other schools and programs think of him. I don't, I don't care. I, I don't yeah. think it matters. I, I do. Yeah. And it's, you know, spring game attendance. I, I think his quote, when you actually look at his quotes, um, is, is perhaps a, a bit more targeted uh, than it is general. Uh, but I, I don't think it's targeted necessarily to specifically, if that makes sense. But I, I do have to mention when it comes to spring games, this was a good year for spring games, period. 
in college football. And I'm not just talking about the the Colorado Deion Sanders selling out their their spring game, uh, which looked absolutely electric. Again, their stadium only seats I think thirty something thousands. But uh, that that spring game atmosphere looked electric. But college football as a whole, I mean, uh, I think there were to date. I think there were maybe six schools, if I was reading right, that outsold uh, Oklahoma. Bama had a a very big spring game attendance for Bama. So I I don't know why, but they generally don't have the spring game attendance that they had this year. So something is cooking over in uh, Birmingham or wherever the University (laughs) of Alabama is located. uh, Go Blazers. uh, I know it's not in, in Mobile, so it must be in Birmingham, the two states. (laughs) <laughs> or the two cities within Alabama. Um, but, yeah, I, I but I do have to mention, I do have to mention, there was a school significantly by over 10,000 people outsold us in their spring game. They went, ele- they had 11 wins last year. Was Nebraska and, one of them? And they're, uh, I don't think, I actually don't think Nebraska outsold us. I think Nebraska oh. was very high, but below us. Uh, but, I don't know. Fact check me on that. But there was a school outdid us on spring games. Venables has established the standard that spring games matter. Had 11 wins last year. Is in the SEC. Is producing Heisman candidates. Is relevant nationally. And is coached by an OU alum. Would this OU team be better had we kept Josh Heupel? I think oh. we should do another hour on the Schooner Pod so I can <laughs> I can touch on why OU with Josh Heupel. Would at least won the Big 12 last year. So, uh, again, we took the Lincoln Riley pill. Did it help us? Did it ultimately help us? I don't know. Maybe we should have stuck with Josh Heupel. Wouldn't be stuck mm. with, uh, wouldn't be stuck with five and seven Brent Venables or, or whatever he Let is. Let me tell you something. So. Josh Heupel, yeah. at that point in his coaching career, I wanted to rip my head off with some of his play calling. So, um, yes, he is evolutionized like his, the way he coaches. He's gotten a lot better. But back in the day at OU, let's not just think that the Josh Heupel of today is the Josh Heupel of OU because that's not the right. case. Yeah, he needed. He kind of needed to get fired to get better too. So uh, yes, he I, needed I, that. Yeah. He needed that because he was too complacent. He was doing the same thing over and over. Legitimately, had no innovation in his offense. That stupid bubble screen was about fifty percent of his play call. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I was about to just oh, that. That really got it. Really, really got me angry. And it sucks. It sucks that we have now a negative relationship with him. And, you know, like, Brent Venables, like, there's still respect, even though we kind of bullied him out. Similar situation. You know, he always said, like, his dream job would be coming back to OU. Um, I don't think Josh Heupel even wants to show up to any of our alumni stuff anymore for the rest of his time because I feel like he's just – and I maybe that just might be personality. It just seems like, you know, Brent Venables is a man of character that probably wouldn't hold, you know, something against you and – have a grudge. I, I Josh Heupel's a grudge type of guy. He he showed up to Roy Williams' uh, Hall of Fame thing, I think. Because um, I, I did see a picture of him. In oh, that. yeah, you're right. Yes, he did show yeah. up to that. So that's he good. has beef with Stoops, I think, because well, Stoops fired him. But Brent wasn't even around then, you know? So, mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that's um, cool. Other spring game attendances, by the way, just in case you wanted to know, Tennessee, ahead of oh, you finished six. Uh, ahead of them, Tennessee, as Ty mentioned, uh, with 58,000. So oh, you just uh, 4,000 shy of that. Uh, okay, then so Al- Alabama. Not 10,000. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Alabama at uh, four. Uh, Nebraska finished at three with 66,000 uh, for Matt Rule's debut. Penn State number two at 68 and number one. Anyone want to take a guess? Ohio State. The Ohio State Buckeyes with 75,000, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, so, you know, it happens. You know, just having an environment, which I thought was a good environment, despite the weather, you know, being pretty crap. Uh, obviously the team last year wasn't great. You know, the momentum, the excitement from last year, uh, wasn't quite there, did have a dip, but you know what? Still a good environment. Compare it to, you know, some of those games where we saw where you had to put on uh, Lee Bryce or whoever. And, you know, then sometimes people would show up. Sometimes they wouldn't the honky tonk, badonka donk, you know, the spring game culture has improved here. We're, we're, we're doing better. Um, so it, 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 it's I, good. It was good. I will say this though, Bobby, it does concern me if we don't make a big step this year and we have kind of another just mediocre season, we might not, you know, go six and seven, but if we don't wow, and we kind of go under what our expectations are next year, what do we have to get people to come to the spring game? Um, it's not going to be freshman quarterback, Jackson Arnold. People are excited to see him play for the first time. Kyler Murray statue. I'm sure that brought some people that were on the fence. who didn't want to come ended up coming um this is a big season if you're talking about spring games um i don't know what they will do next year to get people excited to come rather than just the game itself and fandom because uh i we don't have any other statues to give out at this point yeah mm, maybe maybe who? jackson, who, who, jackson who? arnold perhaps good one <laughs> Immediately put, put a Heisman statue of him on after he wins it. Yeah, you're talking. We're talking emergency situation. <laughs> we need I a know. we need a new park that's like highest paid in their position park, and we could make a little Orlando Brown statue. Could make a little Jalen Hurts statue. You know, like well, we just... have to do retroactive because we, ha- yeah. we have to recognize Cheryl McCoy. Well, no, you, I, I did just. Think well, no, no, no. What you do is whenever they get whenever they lose their position, you tear them down. Like it's like there's been like a dictator overthrown. Yeah, OU does have a history of putting up statues of people in, in power here that uh, are actually still in office. Cough, cough. David Bourne had multiple statues up oh, of himself. Let's go. Even when he was still now? the president, that was just so stupid. Can, who puts up statues of yourself in campuses where you're still the president? That's like supposed to be like something where you like immortalize yourself after you retire. That's just unbelievably stupid don't but don't get me started on that subject nick saban has had like a sta- has, a, has has had a statue for like 10 different, years by the way different I know okay, yeah nick saban deserves it okay. yeah no i i get it i get it i get it <laughs> what did david Bourne do to deserve to put it on his own statue on campus i mean even I, though I, he is I still go, in office i will well he's not still in office but I, he I was say david, he was he, he but like whenever it was there like he david Bourne deserves and this is not a this is not a joke but if you can get away with just so blatantly committing fraud at the level that he did <laughs> uh without just without repercussions i'll give you a statue because uh the like some of the stuff that they pulled with with uh those dorms and the stuff they said to investors is is uh it's crazy Anyway, 
Yeah, no, no, the the couch dorms or whatever the hell they are. What what would you what did what did they call the no, new ones? I'm not talking um, about the fake hog. I'm not talking about fake hog. Colleges. Yeah. So too long didn't read for those unfamiliar, so you don't have to Google it. There was a just a lot of stuff that was blatantly misrepresented to investors. So they they read a bunch of surveys and uh, two big bullet points. They told investors that freshmen will live in these dorms that they just straight up said that freshmen couldn't live in for the longest time. And then they said uh, that they had a certain building design that was predicated on not having kitchens in the rooms. And then they said that the students overwhelmingly said that they did not want a kitchen in their room. And then they had survey data that said that the number one thing for someone to continue to live on campus was, I would really like to have a kitchen in my room because every (laughs) apartment offers me a kitchen. Uh, that is just mine and not communal one for every, when I lived in couch, I think it was one for every three floors or something. We had one communal kitchen for every three floors. So yeah, there was a lot of just overt blatant like, but anyways, that's, we're, we're deep in the weeds on this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. I I forget that there was kitchens on the, on the door there was a kitchen because, fraud. There was a freshman fraud. There's a couple different. Yeah, the yeah the, the kitchen the kitchen at the old couch. Yeah, that's where y'all uh, whipped up the chili that one time. Yeah, it was good times. Um, oh man, I'm so close to wanting to go into the weeds about Adams Tower about to get torn down, but I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, Adams Tower. I walked by it, and one of the windows is just on the top floor is just busted out. Like oh. it's just like there's just a giant. Just like it looks like someone like threw a rock through it or something like that. It looks so really sad, sad um, but RIP. But talking about chili, you know what chili can go yeah. on? Hot dogs, right? Yes, Jameson. <laughs> so let's, I was trying to figure out a transition, but it's not. It was good. That is good. That is a good transition. Good. That was good. That was good. We're doing better. We're, we're, we're working on our off-season work, too. Yeah, Jameson, uh, your hot dog eating contest, uh, you didn't take home the little tiny trophy, but uh, give us a rundown. Tell us how it went. Uh in, in case you didn't see the video, it's actually still up on our uh, YouTube channel. You can give it a, a, a watch there to see for yourself. Um, but Jameson, I want to hear your firsthand experience now that you've had time to quite literally digest everything. Yeah, the poop this morning was nice. Um, uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I need to hear that part. Come on, bro. <laughs> Ugh, I feel like you have oh, just, like a on. Randy Marsh level, you know, hot, 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 Anyways, hey, go everybody for it. poops, but uh, no, it was you know that was tough. It was so tough. If you think hot dogging competition, you think like, oh, the ballpark dogs, I can take those down in three bites just to begin with, and you know, that's not the case. Those buns. They were thick and bready. And those wieners, man, Schwab's wieners are so dense. Like, you, it, it had the consistency of, like, eating, like, sausage links. It wasn't, like, tough skin like the sausage links, but that's what, like, it felt like. And it just really, it, like, mechanically, I was at the point where I was, like, I probably have more room on my stomach. I just don't know how much more I can take down just because I'm just so – my esophagus is just – just taken like all the smooth muscle has done everything that it can. Uh, it's, it was, it was very, very hard. I only got six winner got seven. So I was one away, but if I had to eat another hot dog during that competition, I would have just thrown everything up. I'll, I'll say this. Our, our, our uh, listeners and commenters said that you're the best pound for pound because you were bested by uh, what I, I believe Bowden Blake referred to as a hoss uh, who just <laughs> strolled up. 
eight, seven dogs and left. And a course, course banquet hat. And he's like, what, six foot six monster man next to me. <laughs> Dude, it was just like taking down hot dogs. I'll say this. A lot of my competitors, I was a little nervous at the beginning. There's like a lot of people that last second came in. I, I They didn't make the application and write a paragraph um, yeah. like I did. So screw that. <laughs> kind of pissed did, off about that. It did seem, Jameson, perhaps like, they had four, I think, slots originally that they were trying to fill and that there were only two people that even applied because uh, it did seem like there were only no, two they, guys. Them, I, no, they, uh, were, they had filled eight, <laughs> and the problem is they didn't have everyone show up. Oh, people like didn't. Three, people I think like no four showed. of the people showed, no showed. Um, so, but yeah, so they just start pulling people. This random guy who was like the oldest one there, but he's like in his 40s, he was really, really just crazy talking at the beginning. He's like... <laughs> He's like, I'm just so excited. I didn't, I mean, I ate breakfast this morning, but man, I'm just going to pound some hot. And he was talking. I was like, dang, I'm getting intimidated. And like all these guys coming in that are much bigger than me. This guy's biceps were the size of both of my legs combined. Um, like, <laughs> like it was like not, not looking too good for me. And I realized all they did is they sprinted and they were done within three minutes. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm feeling good. I knew I was going to pace myself. I knew that I wasn't going to, I don't have, you know, the ability to just, do it really fast and be able to do that for 10 minutes consistently. That's I'm not a professional eater. Um, so I just kind of tugged away at it and I slowly continued to um, get down. I, I finished my plate um, of six hot dogs. So I'm proud of what I did. Um, I wish I would have won for all y'all listening, but uh, at least I didn't get blown out. What order did you place? Do you know? I was tied for second. Oh, that's really good then. Because the guy that won was just like a last minute. All right, mm-hmm. so you were you were potentially you know mm-hmm. competing for for again spring game. The theme of the spring game, the steal. You know, people are are colluding <laughs> and, and stealing. Yes, uh, these competitions. Yes, man next to me did not write the application. I, I want that to be known. That's a Mickey Mouse championship he got. Stop the steal. <laughs> <laughs> stop, oh yeah, stop, they should stop the count. Stop the count. stop the count. Yeah, no. The, the Mickey Mouse Championship. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Next year, so I, 2024, so Jameson will get it back. You yeah, will. are you ever going to do another hot dog eating contest again, or are you uh, I, off of the sunset? I not with Schwab's, I won't, but if it was different hey. kinds of hot dogs, I'd be interested. Don't alienate don't alienate any potential sponsors. For, for the I record, think, yeah, Schwab's, I think it was a strategy thing, really. Schwab's are fine dogs. They're just not for speed. They're for sitting down they're and for enjoying. Really enjoying. I like, will say not... Did you watch the tape, Jameson? <laughs> yes, I did t- I did today. And did you watch painful. the tape back and pay attention to not you? Because the dude uh, no, next I, to you I... the, the dude next to you in, in the like burn orange. He was not like struggling at any point. Like he was just snacking. <laughs> like I'm like 99%. Sure. The guy who won, I'm pretty sure he was just like free food. Yeah. Because <laughs> like he, at no point, everyone else was like rushing. He was like looking around, like just chewing away. <laughs> like if you go rewatch the tape, that dude that won was just, I mean, a, a freak of nature when it comes to, to guzzling glizzies because he, he did not have. I think had he rushed, he could have doubled his his stats easy. Because <laughs> like if Jameson got that seventh, then he was like, "Oh wait, okay, I guess I, I gotta eat another dog." All right, put in a no. He stopped. On he stopped at one point. He finished his plate and it was just kind of chilling. 
And the other plate was like in front of him, and he was just like chilling. And then he was like, "Oh, I guess I'll eat these," and like pulled them over. He he, I, he legit took a thirty second pause. Easy. <laughs> he was just chilling, man. He finished his stuff. He was good. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's good yeah, stuff. I, I guess I need to go watch my my. I got a, a followed actually by one of the guys that was in the competition that was next to me um, on Twitter, oh. and because he, he found the Schooner Pods tweet, so. Look at that! Oh, nice. <laughs> gaining, gaining a follower for the Schooner Pod uh, due to my efforts in the hot dog eating competition. Ooh, love to see it. The 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 positive PR it worked. <laughs> the, the sticker it went far. So love um, to see it. Yes, All I'm right. not trying to alienate you, Schwabs, but your hot dogs are like I don't think a hot dog eating a hot dog is like a meal, but I think eating a Schwab hot dog for dinner is actually a meal. Yeah. It was a big dog. Mm. It was a big dog. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a not every car is for racing. You know, Schwab just doesn't have racing dogs, you know. They got the, yeah. the I will say no free ads because we would like for them to pay for this ad. But Schwab, the Rolls Royce of hot dogs, the champagne of hot dogs, you know, perhaps. Talking Some are about many are hey, saying. Uh, I we need to talk about your hot dog ventures coming up this weekend, Ty. What would you like? Would you like us to go and get some bar s dogs support another <laughs> no. local business? I don't even know what that is. Oh, bar we're S's. supporting, we're supporting bar- Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, bar s hot dogs. Those, those are the original hot dogs at the stadium back in the Let's day. Down yeah. easy though. I'm not making you eat nine Schwab hot dogs because that just ain't happening. <laughs> Um, that would be that, about, that's cruel and unusual punishment. That'd be mean. Hot dogs for Saturday for yeah, the nine 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 challenge at three o'clock. I'll have to go. I'll perhaps go to the store uh, and see. Maybe provide my own, uh, or maybe we'll use the 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 funds. Uh, Byod, bring your own dog. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, we saw Schwab's, some. Schwab's probably pretty expensive dogs, but Bar S. Uh-uh. No, no, <laughs> those <laughs> are some pack cheap, of those cheap is glizzies. Nothing. Oh yeah, no, that's that's like, yeah, that's some cheap dog right there, you know. That's, uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, nine 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 will be happening on the burb uh, over in Norman this Saturday at three. So if you're, uh, hey, look, the Sooners just swept Texas for the first time this past week. So OU baseball's rolling. If y'all oh, want to come, go watch Ty eat dogs. There you go. Just go, go sit out on a on a hill. And uh, watch Ty eat the dogs with us. I don't um, think we will be live streaming it, but I will no. give. An It'll update. be too long. We will yeah. be posting updated videos on our Twitter account, like consistently throughout the game of it. Yeah, we might have an Instagram live check-in with Ty. Yes, and give him a couple Q and As and see how see how he's doing. We're very proud of you, Ty. You're going to do great. I, I mean, yeah, you I, got you got you got eight. Seven, seven or eight. I got six, six hot dogs. You got six, six in ten, ten minutes. minutes. In yes. ten minutes, yeah. And those were big. Those were, you know, inflation affecting the the dogs as well. So, um, we'll see. Take some speed though. So, you know, I'll be drinking some beers and eating some hot dogs with you, Ty. Just not nine each. <laughs> <laughs> I might get to. We'll see where we get with them. We'll see where we go. I might do an accidental nine nine nine. Love you say that, and the fifth inning is going to hit, and you're going to go, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's funny, but 
All right. Well, I think that is all we have for today. Anything <laughs> you want to say before we? We've uh, we've effectively been done for like forty five minutes. Oh yeah, no, we've just been chilling. <laughs> this the the the, ba- the the back half of this podcast is like just turning off like the recording and just talking, which I think is fun. That's a that's good. What, that's what you like in a podcast. Yeah. I like it whenever I can just listen to some people like I feel like in the middle of their conversation. Whenever it gets too cut and dry and too everything's in like little segments and that stuff, it it gets boring. I kind of I kind of like the back and forth. I enjoy it, and we enjoy doing it too. Yeah, you don't want to listen to three people pretending to be Mike Greenberg. Well, that's not fun. Yeah. Oh, that's Mike and Mike. Greeny. <laughs> well, I mean, the other Mike is good, but. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mike and Mike. R.I.P. Mike Gold. Good show. Now, those were two people who had beef with each other, from what yes, I've understood. Absolutely. Yeah. As far as <laughs> let's I, not, as let's far not as go down know. this rabbit hole. Let's probably cut it off for this hour and 15 minute long pod. <laughs> ESPN programming reflections. All right. For me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Scooter Pod. We will see you next week where we'll talk about uh, something. I don't know. Probably Ty <laughs> eating nine hot dogs. That's drinking the, nine probably beers all and... we're going to talk about. Recruiting. We might have some recruiting news. There, I can do it. I can do a recruiting yeah. thing because we didn't talk about yeah. recruiting um, through the spring game and our recent commits. So we could do a recruiting update. Yeah, because like so, some stuff happened. So mm-hmm. there's that. So, all right. Cool. Well, until next time, see y'all. Have a good one, and Boomer Sooner, everybody.